Engage quantum drive. Hey now, and welcome to Quantum Drive. I'm Rob, and Katie will be joining me in just a moment for today's episode. We recently had the opportunity to chat with Rena Owen, who plays Havina on the Orville. To give our conversation some context, this took place the week following the episode Midnight Blue, so we talked to Rena about revisiting the courtroom scene, acting alongside Dolly Parton, and much more. Before we jump into the interview, just a reminder that you can support the production of this show by becoming a backer on Patreon. At the $5 level, you'll get instant access to over 25 hours of exclusive podcasts, including Mark's alternate one-sentence reviews, as well as new bonus content in the future. You can become a backer by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com support. With that, here's our conversation with Rena Owen. Thank you, first of all, so much for taking the time today to talk with us. We appreciate it. Oh, it's a, it's a real pleasure. And I, I'm glad we're getting to do this relatively close to episode eight, which aired last week, before we get a whole new episode this week, which, of course, will change the course of the uh, current or villain conversation. Oh, I'm sure. Speaking of Havina, we met her originally in season one. And at that time, you gave an incredibly powerful speech during the courtroom scene. Now in season three, you return to once again perform that same speech. And I was just super curious what it's like for you as an actor to recreate a scene years later and how much you had to go back to that initial one and study that. Really important lesson here for all actors out there is for me, my journey with the Orville began with the pilot. My agent rang and said, hey, there's a pilot and they want to see you for this character and let us know if you're interested. So I read the pilot. It was for the role of the doctor. And I said to my agent, it's a great script, but I, I'm not right for that character. You just know as an actor, especially when you've been around 30 odd years like me, what you're right for and what you're not right for. Mm. You can't be something you're not. But I still, he said, they really still want to see you. So I did my homework and worked on the sides and went in and did a really good audition. And the casting directors called my agent and said, look, she did a great audition, but she's not right for that character. But there's a character in episode three called Havina. And the episode's called About a Girl. And so can you ask if she'd like to come in and read for that? So he sent me the speech. And, of course, it's Shakespearean monologue. I mean, these characters, the Mocklins, because I studied Peter before I did Havina. And there's this kind of innate Shakespearean quality that comes with both of those characters, you know, with Borges and Clyden. And they have these theatrical Voices. So I kind of took my research of both of them and we spent a whole day shooting that scene. And it was an excellent process because I had Seth behind me the entire scene when the camera's looking that way at Havina. And after doing it for eight to 10 hours, you know, I started to get tired, which happens, you're human. And at one point in the monologue, I paused. 
And Seth said the word, and I said, thank you, that's what I'm looking for, and I kept going. And when you're surfing that kind of wave creatively, it's as good as it gets. It really is as good as it gets. And then, of course, we did one morning where we went up to the cave. Then he brought her back in a sanctuary for season two, which was another very big episode for Havina. When it came to New Horizons to shoot episode five, look, these guys, the creative crew, the key creators, are as good as it gets. I mean, I really put them up there with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, and the thing they have in common is they will always work with the same people because they're on the same creative wave. And Seth is a genius. He's a visionary, and he surrounds himself with the very best people. And if you look at uh, New Horizons, everything, the production values, the, the wardrobe, the special effects makeup. I mean, you've got Oscar winners. Howard Bircher and his makeup team are as good as it gets in the entire world. The special effects, again, the soundtrack. But anyway, to get back to your question, they had it all mapped out. So Seth said, hey, make sure Rena gets all of this. So I received the whole, what would you call it? It's like when people do a shot list. So they did an anime version of the scene, much in the same way they did an anime creation with me and Dolly because Mm. that was going to take some pretty dang clever moves to get that scene fixed. So I knew how where the camera was going to be, where Topa was going to be, where Adrian was going to be, and how they were going to shoot the scene. And he also sent me the original scene. And you do as an actor, you do worry that you're going to nail it. You know, you, you do worry about, oh, God, how did I say that word? Or how did I emote this? And and it, it worked. It, it, it worked. And I wouldn't. I don't know, you'd have to ask Seth or or Brennan or, uh, you know, John or one of the key creatives if they actually used a snippet or so from the original speech Mm -hmm. because it's that damn spot on. Yeah. You know, I was like, did I do that last year or was that from (laughs) the original? Because it was so good and it was so well done. And I think a, a few people, including myself, when I read it, I thought, well, they're just going to, use the scene and then just somehow just have Topa walking around it. But, no, they recreated. I mean, that's how far these guys go. Yeah. They get the quality of what they get in every episode. Nothing is compromised. You know, like a lot of the greats, Seth is a perfectionist and he doesn't settle on mediocre. He will go for as good as he can get, and that's out of every department. So it was really great to revisit that scene and and I want to say this because I've read a few things I've gone down the Twitterverse because of the Orvillians which I've never really done before but it's it's been exciting and there was only a few comments on Reddit and on Twitter that they said you know too much Mocklins in this season but guys when you think about it we only got episode five and episode eight yeah Mm -hmm. you know there's been a lot of episodes with a lot of the other characters which i won't mention but if you look at the 10 once you're done with them it is so well spread out so to me it's it's balanced you we did get a lot of penny and jacob and that story was beautifully told i loved uh Gosh, I should have all the names of the episode right on, on, on the tip of my tongue. Gentle, gentle rain or. Um, oh, gently falling rain. 
Gent yeah, I thought that has been one of my favourites, that and then the episode after it with Scott Grimes. Twice in a lifetime, yeah. Twice in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just like I'm watching these episodes and it's like, and then I knew what was going to come in eight, so I'm like, it's just this dramatic build of storylines. <laughs> but I can't tell you what happens in nine or ten because I don't have any clues. I think I think we've got a lot of clues in the fact that the next one's called Domino. Mm-hmm. So I think what's happened, the consequences of episode eight with what's happened happened with the union and Bockless being kicked out and Havina's sanctuary, it's going to obviously set up some kind of domino effect of repercussions. So that story needed to happen in eight to set up where we're going in nine and then, well, ten, you know, is, is aptly named. Have you guys seen the new title or the title for... Uh, Future Unknown. Future mm-hmm. Unknown. So it's it's a perfect title, but... That's, you know, John Caesar was the director, was talking about it recently on Awful Nation about how script and his, his Seth, sorry, and his writer's room will take a long time to do the whole, write the whole season because it's all got to, like any good television scene or film, A's got to go to B, B's got to go to C, C's mm-hmm. got to go to D, and you've got to have a good beginning, middle and an end. And I just think New Horizons as good as it gets when it comes to the world of television and it's just I'm honoured to really be a part of it and who who knew once again actors if a door's open for an audition even if you think you're not right for that role you get into that audition because look where that audition led to and I do call it a divine date with destiny and and I was very right for Havina and well I got to do a scene with Dolly (laughs) Parton's Yeah, that was amazing. I, I also have to say you've become such a fan favorite and people were so excited to see you back. What is it like to have fans fall immediately in love with Havina and then being so excited to see you come back for this season? It's a really, really, really good buzz. It's a, it's a great feeling to know that you're playing a character that means something to people and that people do genuinely love. Uh, I mean, I did lose, I think, a few fans with what, and I have to, I totally understand with what Havina asked of Topa. I mean, I had a hard time with that. Me, the actor, I really did. Mm -hmm. And I talked to Seth about it a lot, about how angst I was. And I keep saying to Seth, but she's just a child, Seth. You know, Irina could never do that, ever. Mm -hmm in my lifetime but as he talked it through it was important for that to happen in order for the whole story to happen and then for the repercussions of what happened in episode eight and what's going to happen in nine and ten Evina had to be a villain for a moment but he also talked a lot too about zealots about leaders of certain convictions that it really it is always for the good of the cause, for the good of the cause. They're focused on the good of the cause. And to be fair on Havina and everybody else, the series regulars in the episode, we all thought the bad guys had left. Mm-hmm. We all thought that the Mocklins had already left. So I I think my character intentionally timed it. If you you can kind of see it in the first few scenes where she, I meet Topa, Havina meets Topa, and there's just this love and admiration. And then we 
we're there in, in her office at the Dolly Shrine. <laughs> and, and every time she says to her, she says, I want to know more about your revolution. And if you look at that moment, you see it in Avina's eyes. And she goes, our revolution. Mm-hmm. And by then you're starting to see, okay, she's starting to think about the strategy here because how could you blame her in some ways too that she would have this ideal person, character, who is affiliated with female Mocklins mm-hmm. on a ship that had the technology required to make the smuggling way much easier because, as she explains it, takes so long to get the messages through this zigzag through the loops and finally to smuggle these female babies out of Moplas. So you can't help if we're going, shucks, you're right there. Yeah. Right in front of that computer and you can just go, Dit, press one button and it's going to save mm-hmm. thousands or hundreds of female Moplans. So she did do it for the good of the cause, but I'm glad through the story arc that she is reprimanded. Yeah. And I think it's a wonderful moment Havina has with Captain Mercer where they kind of go head to head. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's great. I'm loving seeing Seth MacFarlane having these great dramatic moments in New Horizons because we always think of him as the family guy. We always think of him as the funny guy and he's really showing his acting chops and he's he's just awesome to work with. And and I think Gently Falling Rain was another real showcase of how good Seth can be Mm -hmm. as an actor. So she did get redeemed, thankfully, to Dolly. So that was a clever, such, I mean, these guys are so clever. I mean, you do, when you read these scripts, you think, how do people come up with these things? That's genius. That's That's another level of key creators that any actor in the world would die to work with. Because it's like if I go back to George Lucas, you know, ordinary guy who's had a vision and created Star Wars. And when I first got to work on that and I read the script, I hadn't seen it. But when I read the script, I thought, this is really biblical. Mm -hmm. He had drawn on the good old Bible in terms of good versus evil. You know, Mm -hmm. tapped into one of the best, aspects of storytelling you can't really go wrong but then he put it he put that story in a universe that no one had ever seen before so they're trailblazers they're trailblazers these guys they're they're total visionaries and the exciting thing about Orville if it gets to season four fingers crossed is how are they going to top season three (laughs) that's a question yeah one of the fans asks, how do you top Dolly Parton? So I'll find a way, trust me. Yeah. I'll find a way to, to top that scene with Dolly because, as we all know, it just went viral with all Dolly Parton's fans. And and it also, too, the hashtag Renew the Orville went viral. And I know that's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Dolly, because yeah. you just brought her up. Yeah. We are getting close to the time, but I wanted to make sure oh, that shucks. I asked oh, you. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, please. I love listening to you. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> quick. I had to ask about what your experience was like working with Dolly Parton in that scene. Well, do you know, I, I knew the scene was there because I'd read the script and I'd been told how they would shoot it, that they were going to go over to Nashville and shoot Dolly and then come back and shoot me at Fox Studios. 
And the penny didn't quite drop, though, until the day before when Seth just casually said, so are you excited to go to Nashville tomorrow? And I kind of went, oh, I'm going. But, you know, <laughs> I was so excited um, because they've really got to keep the lid on these things because it's like top secret. I mean, yeah. this is something Dolly insisted upon. Only four people could be in that room. So we flew over by private plane, Seth, John, a director, and makeup artist, Tammy Lane. Howard Burgess sent Tammy because they had a lot of stuff to do there. And Tammy has done me multiple times over different seasons, along with Howard Burgess, who created the whole looks. So, mate, yeah, those were the only four of us who were actually allowed on that set. And because uh, we were in the thick of COVID, in the middle of COVID, and we had to get tested as soon as we got off the plane. We had to get tested the next morning. We all had to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a big part, too, of New Horizons' whole protocol with mm-hmm. dealing with COVID. And with hundreds and hundreds of people on that set, it's incredible not one person got it because they were so strict and thought incredible. Yeah. So I was just, um, it was really quite surreal, you know, it's like it's just really happening. And we'd done a very long 12 to 14-hour day in the Disney Hall the day before, so I'd gone into a really deep sleep, and then it was like wake up, so, oh, yeah, got to go catching a plane going to Orville. And we flew out that afternoon, and we, because of the time difference, we got in at 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock, so it was really just have something to eat go to sleep, get up really early, go in and have my prosthetics done. And it works so well having the two actors there. And I'm going to tell you, Dolly is such a pro, (laughs) such a pro. I mean, she had every line, every dialogue. She was so ready for her scene. And what you see with Dolly Parton is what you get. She is the most genuinely beautiful human being with the biggest heart and she was so embracing and so loving with us and just would do whatever she had to do we only had it to 12 o'clock so I'm in all those wide shots so you see the side of me you see the back of my head and at the end of it this says a lot about Dolly at the end of it she said well well Rita she said Maybe I need to come to LA now to help you with yours, you know, shooting yours. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, that would have been fabulous, but we were living in COVID days. And, you know, she was obviously, for obvious reasons, being very, as we all were, very cautious. And when you've got a job as an actor, you have to be equally responsible because if I'd gotten sick, you compromise hundreds of people. Yeah. You compromise an entire crew. So it was a dream come true. And I wished we'd had more time with her, but what we got was an enormous blessing and I'll never forget it. And I was bold enough to ask her if we could have photos with her. I do regret now that I didn't get her to give me an autograph on my <laughs> book. But I, I took the book with me and... This has happened a few times throughout my my illustrious career where I have been in positions with iconic people. And I've um, I've gotten good now at asking for photos, but I've never kind of got, can I have your autograph? But <laughs> in hindsight, I should have just 
you know, I should have just been a groupie once the season started. Because <laughs> she talked about the book and people, or villains need to know this. She got basically a lot of swag, was gifted to her. And John Caesar, our director, had us all sign the Orville book. And she said, that's going into my museum. Oh, so wow. I can't wait to do a trip to Nashville yeah. to go to Dollywood to go into her museum. I've been there. It's a really fun place to go. Oh, I bet it is. I bet yeah. it is. Uh, and I do love Nashville. I, I'd only been there once before. I was flown over, I think, about 2016 to uh, as a guest for the Nashville Film Festival, and I just loved it. I just love Nashville. Hopefully, who knows? Who knows? We may return to Nashville. The Orville may. Who knows? Fingers all, crossed. <laughs> all things are possible if the show gets renewed. And I certainly would like to say congratulations to all the season regulars and the, the amazing crew because they've really just put so much skin in the game, if I may use that expression, mm-hmm. and just gone the extra mile to elevate this incredible season. I really believe that we will look back and just go, wow. I mean, there's stuff that you see in the season that I haven't seen and some of those special effects and all the aliens. But anyway, you can see I'm starting to sweat now. (laughs) 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 I've got to turn the air conditioner back on. Well, that's uh, probably a perfect time then for us to let you go. But as much as as I would love to listen to you all day because your stories are absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and for bringing a character like Havina to life. Oh, my my pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. And here's to the Orville. Fingers crossed that it gets season four and all things are possible. And stay well and stay cool till after school, so to speak. (laughs) You (laughs) You as well. well, (laughs) Quantum Drive is a production of The Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on the Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus podcasts along with other perks, you can visit our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can follow Quantum Drive on Twitter at Quantum Drive Pod and me at the Rob Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Twitch at Katie Peters Plays. And Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Please rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we may read your review on an upcoming episode. Finally, questions and comments can be sent to quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. We're out of here for now, but we'll see you soon in In the the future. future.